Well, uh, we've got about 20 minutes, so let's jump right into the Word of God. You never go wrong teaching the Word, one man told me many years ago. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. Allison, are you still saved? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to hear it. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. The New Testament book of Colossians. I'm going to read this time from the New Living Translation. It says this. Paul's talking. He says, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you, you Colossians, you Christians, to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued you from the kingdom of darkness... And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, the King James Version, the older translation, which I grew up on, it says this in verse 13. It says, he has delivered you from the power of darkness. And he has translated you into the kingdom of God's dear son. God has delivered you from something and placed you into something else. In other words, where you were before you and I accepted Christ is not where we're supposed to live today. He's delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. A couple of Sundays ago, I shared with you from this passage, and I told you a little brief history about the church at Colossae, or the book of Colossians. First of all, we were taught, uh, we've been taught, or we've come to learn, that the Apostle Paul never preached at Colossae. He's writing this from prison, he's writing this letter to this church from prison. Paul's in prison when he writes this letter. And this is one of the places that he never preached at. He never preached at Colossae. He preached at a neighboring city, which was Ephesus. And people from Ephesus came over and then went back to their hometown of Colossae and started the church at Colossae. But Paul never preached there. Okay, so Paul never preached there. In fact, the church at Colossae was uh, founded probably by a layman. A person just a church, person like you guys, not a, not a trained clergy, not a trained preacher, but by a layman. His name was Epaphras. Epaphras. In fact, we, we find out about him in Colossians chapter 4. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse number 12 in the New uh, International Version. It says this, Epaphras, Paul said, who is one of you. Notice he's from there. He's from Colossae. He's one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Now, Colossae was not a big city. In fact, it was an insignificant city. It had an earthquake that went through there about 66 A.D., and they never really rebuilt. They rebuilt a few buildings, but they never, it never came back to its original form. It was almost just wiped off the earth. And today, there's nothing there. It's the present landmass in the present landmass of what we know today as Turkey. Turkey, the country of Turkey. But there's no, there's no city left there today. In fact, uh, a group from Australia is going next year, 2019, to try to uh, do some archaeological uh, digs to try to find out if, if there's any archaeological remains there from Colossae. But it was an insignificant city, and it wasn't a big church like Jerusalem Church or Antioch Church. It wasn't a mega church like the church at Ephesus. In fact, it was a house church. They met in somebody's house. So it wasn't a big city. 
It wasn't a big church, just a, just a small group of people. And they didn't have a big-time preacher. They had a very no-name preacher. And yet God sends a message to this insignificant city, to this house church with a no-name preacher. He sends a message that changed the entire world. This lets you know one thing, and I mean no one. You don't have to be big name, big money, come from big family, have great gifts or great talents for God to use you. You just be obedient to what God's called you to be and God's called you to do, and God will use you. God, God sent a message to an insignificant church in an insignificant city with, an, with a pastor that nobody knew about, and yet it was the, one of the greatest messages, if not the greatest message in all the world. The message was this, Jesus Christ is supreme. That's the message. Jesus Christ is supreme. He has no equal among the religious leaders of the world religions. Jesus is the Son of God, the way, the truth, and the life. That was the message. You say, well, that's not big. Well, you're getting ready to hear why it's so important. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Colossians chapter 1. Paul went on to write this. This is what he said about Jesus. He said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. I love that. I love that. He says, you want to know what Christ is? He's the visible image of the invisible God. People say, I don't know what God looks like. Yes, you do. Look at Jesus Christ. You see Jesus, you see God. The Bible says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. It also says about Jesus, He existed before anything was created, and He is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth, through Jesus. He made the things we can't see, we can see, and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He, Jesus, existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. He's supreme. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is the first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So the message was simply this. Paul sends a message to this little church that changed the world. Jesus Christ is supreme. He has no equal. There's nobody else like him. Hasn't been or ever will be. Now why would Paul be writing such a common theme that every Christian knows about? Everybody knows that Jesus Christ is supreme. Well, maybe everybody in your family. And maybe everybody in your church, but not everybody in our community. Not everybody that's moving in here has a Judeo-Christian culture and worldview. Not everybody you work with believes that Jesus Christ is supreme. For you see, back 2,000 years ago and even today, creeping into the church of Colossae was the influence and doctrines from world religions. A teaching that Jesus Christ was just one of many. And every religion has good things to help us get to God. And today, many Christians have embraced that same thought. That every religion is equal 
and all religions lead us to a better life and eternal reward. But the problem with that is that that thinking eliminates the most important truth of Christianity. And that truth is that Jesus Christ was and is divine, the only Son of God. If all religions are equal, then Christ is no different than Muhammad or Buddha. But Jesus Christ has no equal. The Apostle Paul said it like this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He said Christ existed before anything was created. He says Christ is supreme over everything created. He said Christ created everything and holds everything together. He said Christ is the head of the church and Christ made peace with God for humanity through his death on the cross. That's what he said. So Buddha didn't do that. Muhammad didn't do that. No religious leaders of any religion has done what Jesus Christ has done. He has no equal. There is no one like him. Jesus said of himself, turn with me to John chapter 14, verse number 6. John chapter 14, verse number 6. Jesus said, I am, this is what Jesus said, the one who created it all, who is the visible image of the invisible God, who holds all things together, who was here before anything was made. This is what he said about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. He said it by himself. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. All right? Listen to what the Apostle John said about him. John, who wrote several books in the New Testament, and then he wrote the book of Revelation, which tells us the end times and what's going to happen in the days to come. Listen to what he said about Jesus. He said, through Jesus, through him, John 1, verse 3 and 4, he said, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So John said, in Jesus is life. So the message that God sent to this little church with an insignificant pastor in a no-name city is that Jesus Christ is supreme. And not only did he send a message, he sent a secret. And I shared this with you two, two weeks ago. Look with me at Colossians chapter 1 again. Go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Now, you know, I know there's people who will say, Pastor, why are, you, why are you talking about this? You know, I don't see Joel Osteen talking about this. And I don't see Stephen Furtick talking about this. Well, I am not Joel Osteen. I wish I had his hair. And, and I wish I had the muscles of Stephen Furtick. But he don't like ice cream like I like ice cream. I tell you, you know, anybody can have muscles. You know, anybody can have a six-pack. You, I got a keg. I mean, I mean it's, just that, it's just that simple. You, you can have a six-pack or a keg. I got a keg. So uh, you say, well, I don't, I don't hear a lot of... Listen, you need to know why you believe what you believe. Rabbi Zacharias, one of the greatest Christian uh, apologetics teachers of today said this, we're raising young adults who can't defend their faith. They got worship down great, but if somebody threatens them on their faith, 
they don't have any defense. They don't know any verses, and they don't know any scripture, and they don't know why they believe what they believe. They can sing the latest song on the radio, but they can't defend their faith. It's important that you and I know why Christianity is the way to God. Why Jesus Christ is supreme. It's important to know. It, we need to know why he's different than Muhammad. And why he's different than hum, human, humanistic thinking of today. We need to know why we believe what we believe. Our children and our young people and our young adults and our older adults need to be able to answer the questions. Why are you a Christian? Why do you believe what you believe? And that's why I'm teaching on this. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. God has given me the responsibility, this is what Paul said, of serving his church by proclaiming the entire message to you. What's the message? The message was kept secret. Secret? Yeah. The message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. Paul said that. But it has now been revealed to God's people. Well, what is it, Paul? Verse 27, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, and this is the secret. What is it? What's been the secret? What's the secret that God has kept secret for generations? This is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. The message is that Jesus Christ is supreme. He has no equal. And the secret is Jesus Christ, the divine Son of God, who has no equal, lives in you. Here's the message. We got it right on religion. We serve Jesus and He has no equal. He is the invisible image. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He created it all. He was here before anything that is, was. He holds everything together. We serve Jesus. He has no equal. And the one who we serve lives inside of us. Okay? That makes it different. That's why we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, not because of us, but because of the one who lives inside of us. And that was the secret. Now this secret was mentioned in the Old Testament, but they didn't get it. They couldn't even understand it. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 36. I'll show it to you. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Look at Ezekiel, Old Testament book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26. God, through the prophet Ezekiel, said this to the people. He says, there's coming a day that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And look at verse 27. God said, there's coming a day that I will put my spirit in you. I'm going to come and live in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Now here's the kicker. Since Jesus is supreme, the divine Son of God, and since the supreme divine Son of God lives in us, that means you and I have been delivered from darkness and been translated into light. That means the power that used to hold us in bondage should no longer have any control over our lives anymore. The things we used to do and used to surrender to and used to be a slave to should not be conquering us anymore. In other words, don't stay where you don't belong. Don't stay where you don't belong. You don't live under darkness no more. 
You, should, you don't live under an addictive devil anymore. You don't live under fear anymore. You don't live under oppression anymore and shame anymore. So why continue to live there when you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son? You've been delivered from it. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Let me show you something. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. See, a lot of people don't realize this. And I understand, but a lot of people are taught nowadays that everybody's the children of God. You hear them, well, I'm a child of God, just like you're a child of God. I don't have to believe in Jesus to be a child of God. We're all children of God. How many have heard that? We're all children of God. Well, here's the truth. In, in, if, your, if your reference is we're all children of God speaking of humanity, then that's true. All humanity is children of God. So we're all children of God speaking of humanity but we're not all in the kingdom of God. Okay? Everybody's a child of God, speaking of humanity. Everybody was born from Adam and Eve, so you had to be from God, speaking about humanity. But not everybody's in the kingdom of God. See, there's the kingdom of the devil, and then there's the kingdom of God. You, now, let me, let me prove it to you from Scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is talking. He's telling a story. The King James says he's given a parable. Here's another story or parable Jesus told. Matthew 13, verse 24. Matthew 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? Verse 28, an enemy has done this, the farmer said. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied, you'll uproot the weed if you do. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them, and put the weed in the barn. Then Jesus, we don't have time to read the next cup, he tells two more stories that have nothing to do with this one. He tells two more stories. And then we pick it up in Matthew chapter 13, verse 36. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. So he finished, tells, he finished the storytelling. And his disciples say to him, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus tells this story that I read to you. Then he tells a couple other stories. And then he goes inside and his disciples come in and say, Hey, 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 could you go back to that story about them weeds? Go back to the story about the weeds. Tell us about the weeds. Who are the weeds? What are the weeds? Tell us what that meant. And Jesus picks it up with his disciples in verse 37. Everybody look at it. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. See, not everybody's in the kingdom of God. Some people are in the kingdom of God, and some people are in the kingdom of God. Yes, we're all God's children when it comes to being born, but we're not all in the kingdom of God. Some are in the kingdom of darkness. Verse 39, The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send His angels and they will remove 
from His kingdom everything that causes sin in all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus declares here that not everybody's a part of the kingdom of God. Some people are a part of the kingdom of darkness. Now here's the truth. You and I, when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we were born again, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, whatever you want to call it, the Bible says at that moment you and I were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and we were translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. In other words, we changed residences. We changed kingdoms. So there's yet some of us are still walking and talking and acting and living like we're still in the kingdom of darkness. And you don't need to stay where you don't belong. See? Come on over and live like a child of God who has the supreme, divine Son of God living on the inside of you. The message is that Jesus Christ is supreme, the divine Son of God. The secret is, is that the supreme, divine Son of God lives in you. And that the divine, supreme Son of God, Jesus Christ, who lives in you, has delivered you, has rescued you from the power of Satan, and has moved you into another kingdom. That's the message. That's the secret. That's the lesson we need to learn. Listen, don't stay where you don't belong. Children of God don't belong in a place of addiction. If you're addicted today of drugs or alcohol or pain medication or whatever's got a hold of you, you might be addicted, but you don't belong there. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. You might not have started out to be that way. You might be a Christian and are addicted today to some substance, but you don't belong there. I'm just telling you, God loves you, but you don't need to stay there. You need to get out of that kingdom and get on over here and walk in the kingdom of light where God's called you to. God's children don't belong in a prison bound by fear. I know Christians that won't get on airplanes. They, they can't go to even see their grandchildren because they're scared to get on an airplane. Listen, you don't need to be bound by fear. That's the kingdom of darkness. You've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I can't tell you the number of times that I've flown across the, on the other side of the world to preach the gospel. And it just about every time, just about every time, the night before, I'll have a nightmare. I'll have some kind of dream of that sucker going down in the middle of the... I have been awake two or three times right before I'd go on an overseas trip and wake up in the middle of the night and Satan torment you going down. You heard about that plane they lost. They still hadn't found it. They don't know where it is. You, you the next one. It's going down. And you know, for a little bit, that'd get on my mind. And I'll have to toss and turn. And uh, I'll just be honest with you, there's been a couple of nights I haven't had good night's sleep because that stuff would get on your mind. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Then I made up my mind. I don't, I'm in the kingdom of light. I'm not in the kingdom of darkness. Fear doesn't have control over me. So I just made up my mind. The first person I see on this plane, I'm going to let them know they're in safe hands because I'm riding this bad boy. 
I'm riding it. You ain't going down. I'm on this bad boy. So don't worry. And this was several years ago. <laughs> it was several years ago. We got on the plane in Chicago, getting ready to head over to, to uh, where we're going. We're Sweden to preach. And I said, man, it'd been tormenting me. This thing's going down. This thing's going down, just eating my mind up. And I said, the first person I see, I'm going to tell, don't you worry, we'll get over there because I'm on this plane. And I got the greater one on the inside of me. And I walked in the door of the plane. You know how you walk in and take a right? And I walked through first class, and there in the first seat was the first person I saw. And I started to open my mouth, and it was Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall, one of the great men of faith, built great TV. And I looked at him, and I... And then I thought, this plane's not going down. Lester Summerall's on this plane. Hallelujah. I'm good. I'm good. Glory to God. He, if I, my faith can't keep it in there, I know his faith can keep it in there. Children of God, you don't need to be imprisoned by fear. Don't stay where you don't belong. God's children don't belong stuck in their painful past. You don't belong stuck in your painful past. Don't stay where you belong. Children of God don't have to remain paralyzed by failure or abuse. You don't belong in an emotional wheelchair the remainder of your life. Don't stay where you don't belong. You've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Don't stay where you don't belong. Stop living. Stop succumbing to that. Stop surrendering to that. Stop living the way you're living. Stop living under that addiction and that fear and that shame and that torment and that harassment. That's not, that's not the kingdom you're called to. Now, let me close with this. Jesus taught about three kingdoms. He taught about three distinct kingdoms. He talk, taught about the kingdom of darkness, which was Satan's kingdom. He, talk, he taught about the kingdom of heaven which is uh, what we'll experience one day when we go to be with the Lord in heaven. And then he taught about the kingdom of God. Now, most people will say, most Christians say, well, you know, I, I, I got this fear in my life, but one of these days when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to worry about it. Or I've got this addiction in my life, but one of these days when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to worry about it. Well, that's true. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be any addictions. There's not going to be any fear. There's not going to be any torment. There's not going to be any harassment. There's not going to be anything evil. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You and I have been delivered now into the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? Well, let me show you what the kingdom of God is. Turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Paul said this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Now, I know that's a revelation to some of you because every church has to have eaten everywhere they do. But I promise you, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, you and I have not been called to drama. We've been called to righteousness, peace, and joy. You and I have not been called to harassment. We've been called to righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom we've been called to. 
You say, well, you know, if I wasn't married to him, I could live in righteousness, peace, and joy. Or if I didn't work at that place, if I just worked at a new place, that would be the kingdom of God. I would have righteousness, peace, or joy. Or if I went to a new church, or if I went to a new school, or if I had a new job, or if I was a part of a different family. My family's all drama. My family's all harassment. My family's all abuse. If I just had a new place, and a new job, and a new family, then I could live in the kingdom of God. Turn with me, turn with me real quickly to Romans chapter 14, or Romans chapter 17. I mean Luke, Luke chapter 17, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 17. Turn with me at Luke chapter 17, verse number 20. Notice Luke 17, 20. Jesus talking here. Now, when he was asked, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God... Remember, Jesus talked about three kingdoms. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is when we're going to get go to be with Jesus in heaven. Kingdom of darkness is what Satan used to have us under. We're born again. We're in the kingdom of God now. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come... He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, See here or see there. In other words, people say, Well, if I had a new job, things would be better. Or if I was in a new family, I'd have peace and joy. No, he didn't say, The kingdom of God's not in a place. It's not in a family. It's not in a different job. That's not what's going to bring you righteousness, peace, and joy. He says, For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Listen, if you and I don't live like kingdom kids with righteousness, peace, and joy, where we are, where we're going is not going to make it righteousness, peace, and joy. Are you listening to me? See, you can have the kingdom of God of righteousness, peace, and joy operating through you in the most terrible job, in the most terrible family, in the most terrible situation. Because the kingdom of God is not a place. The kingdom of God is not a different business. The kingdom of God is not a different locale. You can't see it with your eyes. It's on the inside of you. In other words, if you are in a bad situation right now, why don't you take the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness? Because the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Here's the message. Here's the message. Jesus Christ is supreme. Here's the secret. The supreme Jesus Christ lives in you. Here's the lesson. Because the supreme Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you, now the kingdom of God is in you. And wherever you go, you take Jesus, the supreme Son of God, with you, and the kingdom of God shows up wherever you show up. But if you continue to choose to live in the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God will not be seen. You don't belong in darkness. You've been delivered and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So walk in it. Talk like it. Act like it. Stop living in darkness when he's called you the the kingdom of God.